Hello and welcome to the Wellness Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Taff, and on this episode, I am chatting with the Fit Clinic head nutritionist and owner, Dr. Michelle Hone. Michelle and her team specialize in female health, and in this episode, we're chatting all about PMS and the factors that can influence the symptoms we have every month. We also talk about the importance of stress management and self-care as women, sharing our own favorite self-care tools. This is such an empowering episode, and after my own struggles with my hormones, I really believe that our knowledge is our power. Uh, If you enjoy this episode, I would be so grateful if you share it with anyone you know who might benefit and leave us a review. But for now, let's get into the episode. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. And before we get into everything, I probably won't do it justice. So I would love if you could introduce yourself to everyone listening and just tell us a bit about what you do and what your team do. Um, So yeah. Thanks so much for having me on, Robin. It's so lovely to be on chatting about, yeah, things that I I probably burn the, we probably burn the ears off each other for the next four hours. (laughs) so just to give um, people a background so I have a PhD in nutrition and I set up the Fit Clinic seven years ago it was actually our seven seven year birthday there recently and it has really just grown into it's just grown legs it's absolutely incredible it's it's grown organically and I suppose we specialize in female health and it's just such a gorgeous amazing space to be in because I feel like there's so much misinformation when it comes to female health and we've been really females have been really under-researched in the past and we're only breaking down these taboos about periods and fertility now so it's just such a lovely space to be in where I feel like we can empower women to look after their health when they haven't looked after it for for so so long and I feel like women have just become really disconnected to their body so it's just so lovely to be on podcasts like this and working one-to-one with clients so we have the most incredible team of nutritionists and there's 12 of us at the moment and yeah they're just they're just so incredible at what they do like the fake clinic wouldn't be what it is without the team they're just amazing so yeah we work with as I said female health so anything from bad PMS PCOS hypothalamic amenorrhea which is essentially where you it's really really common it's a lot more common than you would think so functional hypothalamic amenorrhea is where women will lose their periods due to over exercising and under eating and over stressing like a lot of us do sometimes and then a lot more recently in fertility because I suppose I had my own fertility journey had couple of hurdles to to overcome and I just feel so in a way I actually feel so grateful that that happened because even though it was a really, really tough time in my life I feel like I'm so grateful that it happened it happened for a reason because this is obviously what the space that we're supposed to be in I, I just I love it so much like I literally <laughs> I cry at least once a week from like testimonials and from people reaching out to us saying that they're pregnant it's just yeah it's amazing I absolutely literally just adore what I do I love it so yeah. much and for everyone listening I can also vouch for that because I worked with the fit clinic before Christmas for four or five months for my own hormones and PMS and I can honestly say that the difference between me and my hormones before then compared to now is night and day Um, like like you said it, it kind of gave me my power back in terms of teaching me what I can do each month and helping me understand why I would get certain symptoms because we don't learn anything about it. Like I worked as a GP nurse for a few years and the same again, it's very much your bog standard information. There's nothing about what we can do about like our power and how our lifestyle and things can help it. Um, so that's why I wanted to have Michelle on today because yeah, you, you've so much knowledge. Um, so what we would love to talk about today is just PMS and as well, more specifically stress because stress I know just has the biggest impact on our hormones and I didn't realize the extent of it until like that I worked with your team and they kind of taught me all of these little things over the course of a month that I could do to really reduce how bad the PMS was. Yeah 100% and you know what it is it's actually I think a lot of people try to look for one culprit when it comes to PMS but as you said it's all the little tiny things that you change and when you bring them all together it has this massive cumulative effect in reducing and managing your PMS so why just fire ahead yeah absolutely I'm dying I, I love listening to all this info 
So I suppose to start with, when it comes to PMS, I would always say that your the health of your period, the regularity of your cycle is a fifth vital sign. So if you think about it, right, your heart rate, your blood pressure, your breathing rate and your respiratory rate, they're your four, they're your four vital signs. And if your if you woke up in the morning and your breathing rate was off, like you were you're breathing really fast or rapidly or your temperature was really high, you would know that there's an issue with your health and you would go and seek help. You'd go to your GP or you go to the emergency room. But when our periods are either missing altogether or they're really irregular, you've a really short cycle, you've a, like you've 50 day cycles, or when you have really debilitating PMS where you have to take painkillers or you have to take a day or two off work, we just kind of accept this as the norm, which is absolutely insane when you think about it. So I really think we need to reframe our thinking and say to ourselves, if this is a fifth vital sign of our health and we would go and seek help if, as I said, our blood pressure or heart rate was off, we need to do the same and pay the same attention to our, the health of our period. So when it comes to PMS, I think there's a bit of a misconception. I'm not saying that PMS is, you shouldn't have PMS. Everyone more than likely is going to have some form of PMS. So the issue arises when it becomes debilitating and it starts to really impact your quality of life. So yes, like your, your sore boobs, your bloating, like a little bit of cramping, like ultimately, if you think about it, when it comes to cramping, your body is just trying to release the, the lining of your, the lining of your uterus. So it does need to have some sort of contraction in order to do that. So that's why you might get some mild cramping, but when it's debilitating, when you are needing to pop painkillers and, take a day off work and you're in a lot of pain that's not normal so that's Mm -hmm. that's what I would call an issue with your PMS yeah and that's that's initially why I suppose I reached out to you guys as well because I would have had such bad PMS for kind of all through my 20s up until um like the start of this year until I really learned about it but like that like Nurofen plus if I didn't have it for the first few days like I would I would like have tears like my mood like I feel I feel really sorry for my partner for all the shit that he put up with because I was so cranky like I'd be like breathe louder stop chewing I'd feel like a different person that's incredible the difference isn't it it's yeah yeah amazing but like that I thought it was just okay I'm just someone who has bad periods that's just the way it is you know um so to to understand that it's that's not normal and also to know that there is stuff that we can do as well that you don't have to just accept it um is so powerful so like could you tell us a bit about what factors influence our cycle every month yeah so I suppose when it comes to thinking that you have bad PMS I think the first thing to do is always to just rule out anything more sinister so if you have really really like bad pain even for kind of more than one day that could be a sign of endometriosis so it's really important to just make sure that there's nothing too sinister going on relate something like fibroids so it is like I would say it is important to pop to your GP especially if you feel like they have you have a good relationship with them and you feel like they specialize in female health and won't just put you on the pill to quote unquote regulate your hormones and um, we might get to that a little bit later on yes we will <laughs> But it's yes, yeah, so it's important to just make sure that everything is in the right place and that it is just a case of, of bad PMS. So the just to kind of like take it back a little bit, when it comes to PMS, there are people who will get it worse than others. And we don't really know what the reason for this. There is a suggestion that it's something to do with the receptors are more sensitive to like the fluctuations in hormones, but there will be more people. There will be people who, who have PMS more severe than others, but that doesn't mean that they can actually manage it much better. So when it comes to, I suppose, the, the, the cyclical changes in your hormones throughout a given month, we have two main hormones. So that's estrogen and progesterone. So estrogen is going to really be dominant in the first half of your cycle. So your follicular phase before ovulation, it's really what brings on ovulation. And then the second half of your phase, what a second half of your cycle, what's going to happen is, say, for example, in, in a typical 28 day cycle, you will on average ovulate on day 14 that is by no means like the hard and fast rules there's people who have much like shorter or maybe slightly shorter slightly longer cycles and 
ovulate a little bit earlier, a little bit later. There's no issue with that. You don't have to have a textbook 28 um, day cycle with a 14, an ovulation on day 14, just to put it into perspective. I actually think there was research done on, I think it might've been about 12,000 women and they actually showed that the average cycle is 29 days. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, there, there's no, I think people really stress about the, the 28 day cycle. Although when I do get a 28 cycle I'm, day cycle, I'm like, I am a queen this month. <laughs> <laughs> Spot I've on. got it I've got life sorted <laughs> but anyway so say for example you ovulate on day 14 in the middle of your cycle when you release your egg you release your egg from a follicle and when that basically what happens is that follicle dies and it turns into what's called the corpus luteum and the corpus luteum is a hormone secreting body and what it does is it secretes progesterone so progesterone is essentially if you think about it, if you break down the word progesterone so it's progestation so it's gestation being pregnancy so progesterone is a really really important hormone for pregnancy it's essentially what keeps us pregnant so the reason that progesterone rises in the second half of the cycle is because your body's essentially hoping that you get pregnant and it will maintain that pregnancy so if you don't get pregnant progesterone drops off and then you shed the lining of your uterus that's essentially how it works so when it comes to progesterone, progesterone is such an amazing hormone. It has an, a natural like anti-anxiety effect. It's almost like a natural Xanax or Valium. So you will typically notice, like if you really start to tune into your cycle, you will notice that you're more kind of introverted and more want to stay in, don't really want to socialize during your your luteal phase the second half of your cycle when your progesterone is dominant versus your follicular phase when your estrogen is dominant and you're much more sociable your you just really want to go out and be sociable and your energy is up essentially what your body's doing is trying to make you go out and have sex essentially so you can get pregnant yeah so progesterone as i said has this natural anti-anxiety effect but the issue is that when we don't make enough progesterone that's when we start to reach, that's when we start to essentially get PMS. So I generally find that PMS is predominantly an issue with progesterone and that person not making sufficient progesterone. And what's really interesting is cortisol, which is our stress hormone and progesterone kind of have this tug of war with each other. So there's this theory called what well, we, I won't go to get too scientific, but it's called pregnenolone steel. And the idea is that pregnenolone is this mother hormone that synthesizes both, both cortisol and progesterone. And when we make too much stress hormone, when we're, when we're essentially too stressed um, in a given month, the theory is that we actually steal pregnenolone away from progesterone so if you imagine it's this tug of war effect where you're the more stress hormone you make the less progesterone you make so that's that's essentially the the theory um it hasn't been proven it's there is some people that criticize that theory but ultimately I have seen with thousands of clients if you manage their stress their PMS is 100% going to improve so it might not be that it's to do with pregnenolone. It might not be that that theory is true. But without a doubt, there is a massive, massive relationship between stress and PMS. Yeah, and it's there's, that's actually something as well that stood out to me a lot when I was working with you guys. Because uh, with the Fit Clinic, they have you um, rate your stress kind of from 1 to 10 on each of your check-ins. And I remember one month I had... Uh, a few days before my period and the first couple of days it was probably the worst period on PMS I'd ever experienced and I remember I scored on the stress I think I put a three out of a ten I was like no I was fine this month like it wasn't that bad at all and I said to my husband later on I was like do you think I was stressed this month and he kind of looked at me and laughed and he was like are you messing he's like you were up the walls I've never seen you so stressed and I think that as well, sometimes we don't realize how stressed we actually are. Like, cause, cause if I was trying to kind of, to, to rate it myself, I was like, I oh, know I was fine, like a bit stressed, but like uh, not too bad. But someone looking at me kind of, and he lives with me. So he was, he was seeing me all the time and just noticing that I was a bit wound up and stuff. But the connection, I noticed it so much from period to period. It's so interesting. Um, it's, it's like, I would say like your period is a barometer for your health. It tells you so much about what you've done in a given month. It's 
it's so incredible and when we become more in tune with it and when me, me for example last month I was an absolute basket case four days before my period like I'm always a bit of a basket case like four days before I'm with this this is really bad this is like whoa like this is like divorce material <laughs> yeah I was like okay what's gone wrong here I'm like use your use your nutrition brain like pretend you're a client and I was like oh my god I'm like I'm skipping meals I'm not sleeping properly I'm overworking I'm just totally overdoing it of course my period's going to be off of course I'm going to have really really bad PMS so it's just so important that we become like as soon as we become more in tune with our period and realize that we can work with our hormones as opposed to against them as you said you just take the power back and it's it's just such an empowering thing to be able to do and then you can look at yourself and say okay what have I been doing wrong over the last month and what can I change yeah so empowering and I suppose it all kind of like like you said it does bring it back to like our self-care and I suppose how much we look after ourselves from month to month and like I know that obviously the amount of time we have to give in terms of like stress management or some months, especially if you have kids and stuff, you're, you may not be able to get as much sleep, but just doing the best you can and looking after yourself, doing your best is enough. Um, but I suppose the whole topic of self-care, sometimes it does include doing those things that we don't really want to do, but they're always for our highest good. So that it, it does help us in the end. Like there's sometimes where, there's stuff I know I need to do. Like I know I need to eat properly or I know I need to not have these extra loads of coffees, but I don't want to, you know, that kind of way. Um, I don't, I completely know what you mean. And for me, I honestly didn't, I actually looked after myself less when I didn't have a child. And I think the reason that this shift has happened is because I realized that when I don't look after myself, I can't look after him. I can't give him the best of me. So for me, I've actually started to look after myself and prioritize, not pri- I wouldn't say prioritize, you can't really prioritize yourself when you have a child, but I've definitely put myself a little bit higher on the list since having a child because if I don't look after myself, I go absolutely insane because you're just being pulled from one person to the next and one direction to the next. And it just really just tests your patience, to be honest. So Yeah, you can't give from energy you don't exactly, have. It's just not possible. Yeah. So for me, I think we find it, I don't know if it's a thing as women, but we find it really difficult to put ourselves on the top of our priority list. And the only reason I've been able to actually do that is by almost reframing it and saying, I'm actually doing this yoga session. I'm doing this meditation session for him so I can be a better mother. And I've spoken to other mothers about this before. And that seems to be the only way we can actually go out and actually do that yoga session and go and sit down and do that meditation session is if you know that you're filling up your cup so that you can fill up everybody else's cup as well. Yeah, it's such a good why. It's your 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 reason for doing it is so, yeah. I suppose, much stronger now. And it's only when you actually do it that you realize, like, oh, no, this is for me. Like, this is actually so lovely to take, whether it's five minutes or an yeah. hour out of the day or out of the week. And, yeah, like, to be honest, I've honestly only started looking after myself in probably the last six months because I reached, like, rock bottom where I just couldn't. I was like, I just have to, there has, something has to give here. I just couldn't give any more and I was just so low and so flat so it's it's just as you said yeah it's just such a strong why and it's finding it's the same when we work with clients we a lot of time we we do that exercise with them like what's the why behind you wanting to work with us because the why can't just be like oh I want to look better in my clothes or I it can't be that simple it has to be more in depth it has to be deeper than that otherwise when motivation is low or willpower is low you're just gonna fall like quote unquote fall off the wagon um yeah so it's so yeah. important to, to know why you're what is the drive for actually looking after yourself and putting yourself up the top of your priority list yeah 100 like I don't have kids yet but like even in terms of like with my husband and stuff even I know that if I look after myself more, I'm less cranky. I like, I have more energy to like have the chats or to like go out and do stuff. And I'm just, I'm more of a happier, nicer person to be around when I've done the stuff for me first. Yeah. 
So like you said, that, that, that why is just so powerful. Um, so recently I've really, really started to prioritize my morning and actually give some time. It could be five minutes. It could be 30 minutes. It could be a training session, which is an hour. Just give myself the time before I give my energy to everybody else. And honestly, I know this sounds so dramatic, but I feel like everyone says it about the morning routine. It has changed my life. It's absolutely insane. So it might be something as simple as a, like a breathwork session. I lo- actually love the Calm app. So, do you know, Jay Shetty, he does, um, yes. I think it's the, the Daily Jay. And oh, like his voice is like butter. It's just so, so good. I love it so much. I love his, it's really, he always has such a nice message in his in his like five minute little speech. I absolutely love that. It might be something as simple as that. It might be, cup of cacao sitting in the grass it might be sitting on the beach it might be a yoga session on the beach it might be a training session but honestly it's literally changed my life and I never ever ever did that before I might have like grabbed a coffee and ran to the gym but I was never really being present if that makes sense it just I literally lived my life at a hundred miles an hour and it's only now that you actually stop and I know you're really really big into meditation and yoga it's only now that I've actually tuned into those things that I'm able to just become so much more present, so much more appreciative of my life, so much more grateful. And as you said, you actually just become a nicer person. Like, it's- yeah, you have to go in before you go out. Yeah. It's like, and that, it's so funny you said that because I have always kind of loved having a morning routine, but I tend to fall out of it depending on whatever's going on. So this week was kind of my get myself together week where I'm like, no. I'm I'm not doing my days on autopilot anymore. Yeah. I'm getting back into giving myself more than 20 minutes before, before I have to leave the house. And like that, like this morning I got up, I did my meditation. I do it as soon as I'm out of the bed so I can't push it off and it just helps me slow down. And then I just made a coffee and I read like 10 pages of a book and then got ready for work. But it, you're giving to yourself. Like I bet you feel unbelievable today. Like it's it literally it just sets the tone for your whole day I nearly feel like if your morning if you give yourself time in the morning it's like nothing 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 can go wrong but do you ever feel like you wake up on the wrong side of the bed right and literally it's just Murphy's law and everything goes wrong that day yeah you're chasing your tail you're just all over the place and you're the definition of autopilot and it's just like da, 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 like from one thing to the next and then you're just like whoa like where did that day go and m- normally those are the days that everything seems to like go against you whereas I feel like when you carve out time for yourself and you're so mindful in those moments it's the opposite yeah if you're setting yourself up for a good day and I nearly feel like if things do go wrong you're just so much more grounded or something yeah you can handle whatever it is yeah yeah and it's amazing I think if for anyone listening as well if you're kind of like I don't know where to start with a morning routine just set your alarm for 30 or 60 minutes earlier than you do at the moment and just pick one thing like one whether it's a coffee and a book whether like you said a yoga class or even doing a yoga YouTube video getting out for a walk which sometimes I love just getting up and getting out the door and just moving so what's really interesting is I you know, that you say that I used to see people on social media do a morning routine and it was like I wake up I have my cacao I do my journaling I do yoga and then I go for a sea swim and I used to be like okay well if I can't do all of that then I so I might do it for two mornings in a row and then on Wednesday I can't do that so I'm like oh my morning routine is a waste of time so now what I do is I wake up and I'm like I might do cacao for five minutes. I might read my book for 10 minutes. I might have a chance to do like a 30 minute yoga session. So it's whatever, it's also whatever I fancy. So I find that making it much less rigid really, really works. Because if you say to yourself, I have to journal every single day. And then on a Thursday, you're like, I don't really want to journal today. And then you're like, oh, I'm after breaking the streak. Whereas if you just say to yourself, or this is, this is not that I'm, not that I have much experience in this at all, but this is what I just found works for me is if you don't commit to one specific act, but if you commit to giving yourself some sort of time allotment in the morning, it just makes you, because you know yourself when, when you miss something or you feel like you've, you've 
miss the streak that you're on then it's really disheartening yeah 100% so I just find yeah I just find that that really really works for me yeah it's about like that whole thing of not to stop aiming for perfect and just to like your best on any given day. And I also love like listening to my intuition and being like, okay, what do I actually need this morning? Like what's going to make me feel better? So like if it's a morning where I wake up and I'm kind of feeling really tired, if I actually tune in and listen to my inner voice, it's probably like, just chill and have a coffee on the sofa and read your book. And then another day it might be, let's go to the gym or let's do something. So do what's right for you. You don't, there's no rules or there's no, set way that you have to do it um yeah just listening to your to your body and to your own voice and just going with the flow which is easier said than done I know but (laughs) honestly like as you said if you just set your alarm for 30 minutes earlier and just do whatever floats your boat and just make sure that you're trying to be present in that moment and you'll honestly just feel well I I feel just so much better yeah I totally agree I'm also on that that buzz um that healing journey. Yes. Come here. I wanted to ask you as well, in terms of supplements when it comes to PMS, we can go online and if you look up supplements, you're going to be met with so many suggestions and things to do and all this stuff that we're told that can help. Are there any you recommend like as a blanket kind of supplement that everyone might need to support them or is it more dependent on the individual? How do you recommend someone goes about looking for supplements? Yeah. So first of all, I always try and make clear that supplements are there to supplement your diet. So we should be getting as much of our nutrients as possible from our food. And so it's very much like a food first approach that we would have. But ultimately, there are some supplements that can be so, so incredibly effective for various things and particularly PMS. So magnesium, for example, magnesium is I would call it like nature's tranquilizer. It has a really calming effect on our central nervous system. It acts as a muscle relaxant. So it just takes us out of that fight or flight response and really, really chills us out. So I find magnesium, I nearly feel like any of my clients, anyone who works with me, they're all on magnesium. Oh, I'm still on it and I love it. Yeah, it's honestly, I feel like like even like the something like the mega magamis it literally has like a cult following everyone is obsessed with it because they just know how much better they feel with it so in terms of if you think about it if you're moving out of your like fight or flight response you're moving more into your parasympathetic nervous system this is all going to be beneficial for pms because we want to try and keep out of that stressed state where we're pushing our cortisol as much as we can so in terms of PMS, particularly magnesium in combination with vitamin B6 has been shown in the research to be beneficial for PMS. So that's one that I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. And the other one that can be really effective is a herb called Agnes Castus, so also known as Chaseberry, you might have heard it as. Yeah. And this, again, has been shown in research to be extremely effective for managing PMS. And the idea behind this is it actually increases our, it naturally increases our progesterone. So those would be the two main ones. And then outside of that, it's really like addressing the reason as to why your PMS is bad. So like, supplements are so important but and especially when it comes to your period but like I always say to to clients if your if your period is really really off taking chase berry and taking magnesium isn't like it's not it's the icing on the cake if that makes sense it is going to help but you ultimately have to address the reason that your progesterone is off the reason that your cortisol is so high maybe there's a a deeper meaning maybe it's PCOS that's why your hormones are irregular that's why you're getting heavy bleeding so it's important that as well while supplements can be really effective that we also address the root as to why 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 you're struggling um with PMS so we actually I set up a company recently with my two really really good friends Jenny and Lisa who are also nutritionists and we kind of saw that there was so many people taking supplements that first of all were really really poor quality so say for example if you look at a magnesium supplement you could be taking magnesium oxide and if that is the ingredient that you're taking you're not absorbing any of that magnesium so it's just a complete waste of money whereas if you were to take something like a magnesium taurate or a magnesium glycinate it's so much more effective at actually 
being utilized by your body and actually having a therapeutic effect. So first of all, we noticed that there was people taking really poor quality supplements. And then second of all, we noticed that people were taking supplements that actually weren't targeted for the issues or the health goals that they had. So we have set up a business called Your Wellness Collective. And basically what we've done was we've handpicked the best of the best supplements and the best of the best brands and because we know that these are the supplements that we've used with clients and we know they're the ones that actually work and we've put them essentially all on this site. So the other thing as well is that we offer personalized supplement plans. You can go on, fill in a quiz, like you don't have to do a full consultation or anything like that. You fill in a quiz and we as the in-house nutritionist will design an individualized supplement plan for you. So it's a really, really good service. It actually kind of works out free because it's 40 euro, but you actually get the 40 euro back in terms of you can use it as credit on the supplements that you buy. So it's honestly it's yeah it's just I know I'm biased but like it's actually just such a brilliant business I love it so much and um, so for anyone who's uncertain because you know what there's just so much there's so much out there it's so overwhelming it's so confusing so it's really just about taking the guesswork out of it for for people yeah 100% I think it's such a good idea and like that like I still use like the magnesium glycinate in the evenings and even like in terms of health my sleep and stuff but then your team were able to kind of give me a, a a personalized supplement plan that really worked for me and that if I was trying to do the guesswork and going on to Google and being like maybe this will work maybe that'll work I would have never really got to what worked and what I actually needed and also like you said I probably wouldn't have changed so much of my lifestyle because I would have just been like Becca I'll take this supplement and everything will be fine and if it gets rid of the PMS then there's no, nothing else is wrong you know yeah um, so yeah, exactly. yeah that's such a good point and it also leads me into my next question um coming from I've been working as a nurse for years and I was a GP nurse for years and from that side of it like I would have been and still I'm so into like lifestyle and how it affects our our whole health but in terms of women's health one thing I would have seen all the time is patients who may have come in with kind of hypothalamic amenorrhea or really bad PMS and being prescribed the the oral contraceptive pill and I'm I'm for anyone listening I'm not doing this at all to bash the pill I just mean is this the right choice or the right treatment for these these symptoms if you're experiencing them so yeah like it's good that you were saying there that you just noted that you're not pill bashing yeah so not at I- all <laughs> Yeah, like I talk quite openly about it as well on social media and to clients and I never wanted to come across that I'm anti-pill. The pill is an absolutely incredible form of contraception. It's prevented a lot of us from getting pregnant when we didn't want to get pregnant. Yeah. It works. It's it's one of the most highly effective um, contraceptions when it's taken in the right way. The issue that I have with the pill is when people are taking it or prescribed it for the wrong reasons. And as you mentioned there, something like PCOS or hypothalamic amenorrhea. So say, for example, functional hypothalamic amenorrhea, that is an issue in which some sort of a behavior that you're doing is causing you to is causing your period to stop. So it might be under eating, it might be overtraining, it might be overstressing, or it might be a combination of all of those things. So if you think about it, it's an issue in which you're not getting a period, you're not ovulating. And then on the flip side, something like PCOS, it's similar in that it's an issue very often with, it's basically with elevated um, male hormones. And what that does is it hinders your ovulation. So it might be that your periods stop altogether because you're not ovulating, or it might be that you ovulate late. So you'll typically notice sometimes with PCOS um, clients or patients that their periods will be like 45, 50, like 70 days long because their ovulation is really delayed. So again, it's an issue with ovulation. And what, so those essentially, hypothalamic amenorrhea or PCOS are very often an issue with ovulation. And what the pill does is switch off ovulation. So I always say (laughs) that taking the pill to regulate quote-unquote regulate your hormones with something like PCOS or hypothalamic amenorrhea is like walking into your kitchen and noticing that your kitchen is flooded and picking up a mop and mopping the floor instead of walking over and just turning off the tap so it's not actually getting to the root of the problem all you're doing is masking the issue so the reason I feel so strongly about this is because 
we work so much with fertility clients. So people who are reaching a point where they're in their late 20s, early 30s, maybe late 30s, and they are coming off the pill to try for a baby. And anyone who wants to get pregnant wants to be pregnant yesterday, not in a year's time. So when they have very often they've been prescribed the pill for hypothalamic amenorrhea 10 years ago or PCOS 10 or 15 years or even five years ago what they they don't realize that what they've done is just masked the issue so they actually thought that everything was fine because the GP told them that it was going to regulate their periods but all you've done is kicked the can down the road to deal with at a later date and that later date is when you want to be pregnant now and it's it's stressful when for a client when you tell them that yes I understand that you want to have a baby now but your your cycle it's is absent and we've so much work to do to get you back to a point where your period is regular and your hormones are in check and I suppose that's yeah that's why it's so frustrating because I suppose trying for a baby is always already a bit for a lot of people it's already quite a stressful thing like I think everyone kind of has that niggling feeling that they're like oh god like will will everything be okay so it's just it's hard for it's hard as nutritionists to see people go through this and be told years and years ago that oh yeah no this is this will be fine this will fix things like no it doesn't fix anything it just masks the issue and it just enables you to deal with at a later date when stresses are going to be high so I just think it's so important for people to understand that there are other options like something like hypothalamic amenorrhea it's a really easy fix it's it's increasing someone's calories it might not be an easy psychological fix for someone who maybe has a poor relationship with food or has a bad relationship with exercise but in terms of physiologically it's a really simple fix you take away the stressor of exercise you take away the stressor of a severe calorie deficit you take away the stressor of fasting and you take away the psychological stressors and most of the time the time things will resume quite normally normally so to turn around to a patient and say oh this is going to kick start your cycle we'll go on the pill for a few months that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever it switches off your own hormones so those hormones that are trying to do what they need to do they just get switched off when you take the oral contraceptive pill so it's just so important that anyone who is out there who is maybe has hasn't had their period for a few months or has been on their pill for a really long time because they didn't have a period years ago it's just important I would always say to to, to people like if you are starting to think about trying for a baby then come off the pill a good like give yourself a good amount of time because you don't need that stressor of where is my period I want to have a baby and because things can be stressful enough as it is and then something like PCOS so like treating again the root of the issue the root of the issue 80% of the time is to do with insulin resistance so basically insulin resistance is basically where your cells become less receptive to the effects of insulin so insulin is a hormone that takes blood or sorry takes glucose from your blood and into your cell and insulin resistance happens when insulin doesn't do that job as well as it should and what happens is your pancreas pushes out more and more insulin it and it essentially there's more circulating in your body and higher insulin means higher release of your androgens your male hormones and what that does is it wreaks havoc with your um with your ovulation and with your own female hormones and elevated androgens again can cause your cystic acne can cause your facial hair so they would be real hallmark symptoms of pcos but if you manage your blood sugars if you treat your insulin resistance through nutrition through exercise like if you think about it resistance training is like it's like making your muscles a sponge to to glucose so it's one of the easiest ways to increase your insulin sensitivity is through resistance training and exercise in general but in particular resistance training and by managing your blood sugars with your nutrition adding in your fats your protein adding in your fibers into your carbohydrate meals that's going to again manage your blood sugars therefore manage your insulin and prevent this insulin resistance from from rising And then if you look at supplementation, like something as simple as there's a really, really good supplement. Again, it has loads of research behind it. And I really, really like when I'm talking, it's like, like, 
really, really try and make sure that what I'm talking about is backed or the advice that we give is backed by research. But there's tons of research to show that there's a supplement called inositol. And inositol has been shown in research time and time again to be so effective in managing insulin, insulin sensitivity and decreasing elevated androgens and managing your blood sugar. So something as simple as that in combination with a magnesium, which again is really good for insulin sensitivity, is so, so effective. So if you add all of those things together, so your exercise, your correct nutrition, managing your blood sugars and some targeted supplementation, you can fix the root of the problem, which is therefore that fix the, the PCOS. So it's just, yeah, it's just about understanding that by no means is the pill your only option. And like, it is difficult. Like it, one thing I do actually want to make really clear though, as well. So the reason very often that the pill is prescribed for hypothalamic amenorrhea is because you don't have, you're not releasing the same amount of estrogen because you're not ovulating and estrogen does have a protective effect with your bones. So I do understand why GPs recommend it, but ultimately they should say they should explain that it's not the only method and I understand that they can't manage a client's nutrition and exercise and supplementation but they should be some sort of a referral program or something like that and then when it comes to PCOS what can happen is when you don't share the lining of your uterus every month um, or or more frequently you, you can leave yourself at risk of of um, endometrial cancers so that is the reason that um, they will recommend the oral contraceptive pill but ultimately if you do get to the root of the problem and manage the insulin resistance you can just get someone regular ov- ovulating regularly themselves and they don't need medication um yeah so and I think sometimes we like I know for me anyway from like different areas of health or whatever I I for a long time I underestimated just how much what I do day to day like my lifestyle, my activity levels, the food that I eat, how much it actually affects all of the other stuff. And I remember like when I was working as a GP nurse like that, trying to highlight that it's like a, it's a, a healthy balance between like your Western medicine and so many mm. incredible drugs and things that help us with so many different health conditions and stuff, but also bringing in your lifestyle and bringing in all of the stuff that we do day in day out and it's it ends up being the best kind of approach by putting the two of them together 100% yeah and I'm by no means like anti-medicine like it's literally we all live longer because of medicine I have been taking I've been popping antihistamines every day like medication is so important my child is teething and he's absolutely dose up to his eyeballs at Nurofen Plus like (laughs) it works um and so it's so so important as you said that what what we feel like we do is is we complement things so like again like an example is if you have like a borderline underactive thyroid that's going to be potentially really dangerous if you're um if you're trying for a baby or if you're in the kind of months prior to conception or if you're in early pregnancy and something as simple as altroxin so levothyroxine is a really really effective medication for fixing that issue um so as you said yes it has to it's complementary there's a, there's a place there's a 100% a place for both forms of therapy it shouldn't be one or the other but it's important that a, a patient understands that medication is not just the only route 100% I think it's so important um and the one thing I want to ask everybody that I chat to is I know we've we've already kind of spoken about self-care but when it comes to looking after ourselves I'm such a big fan of having like a self-care toolbox so like just a list of things that you have there under your belt to reach for to de-stress or look after yourself do you have like a go-to or a favorite practice that you're really enjoying at the moment? Because I think it's so nice to hear ideas and stuff from other people. Yeah. So I've started doing a, basically like a, a yoga, a yin yoga session on a Wednesday and a Saturday, every Wednesday and Saturday on the beach. And we drink a cow beforehand and it's like two hours and then we go for a sea swim afterwards. And honestly, it is just incredible and it's reached a point now where it is like a non-negotiable so it's like I put it in my calendar like a dental appointment so I won't miss a dental appointment so if my husband turns around he's like oh I actually have like this happened a few weeks ago he's like oh well I have a meeting tomorrow morning so I can't bring Franco to my mom's house and I was like well I'm doing I've got yoga 
And also you're just going to have to check your meeting because I can't miss it. So like you have to prioritize it in that way. Like, especially if, if you're a mom, I think it's so, so important. It just has to become like a dental appointment because you're not going to miss that. Um, so I've found that so nice. Um, something as simple, like when I'm feeling like quite overwhelmed is like just taking my shoes off and just walking on the grass or walking on the sand. It's honestly, I don't know what it is. There is a science behind it. Yeah. The grounding is incredible. Yeah it's incredible there actually is research to show that it lowers inflammation it lowers oxidative stress so there's something scientific going on there I actually need to look into it and um, just absolutely incredible and um, I've been doing like cacao ceremonies they're just they're like I not that they're not for the faint-hearted but I think you have to be very much like willing to to commit to like a healing journey. Like it's not for everyone, yeah. but I do feel like I have a lot of work to do on myself. And that's, it's honestly just like accelerated my journey by years. Yeah. It's just incredible. Um, so like I'm doing like a six hour cacao ceremony this weekend. <laughs> so like it's intense, like it's really, really intense. So many emotions come up. Um, but I feel like the reason I'm doing all this work is because I'm actually just I've reached a point where I'm actually in such a good place with my life that this is the time to actually be able to get down into the nitty gritty and actually like challenge challenge the limiting self-beliefs that I have about myself like at this moment in time it's honestly yeah it's been incredible um breath work like I do a lot of breath work as well like some of like the Wim Hof method um yeah I think that's yeah calm app is amazing jay shetty i love him yeah. yeah that would be my toolbox um i love it i'm also think, so into yeah. the work and stuff like that like like you said your cacao ceremony i love even doing like i go to a lady judith mcadam and she has like the most gorgeous little workshops where you're you're just showing up and working on yourself and like that digging into all those things that might be holding you back and kind of I suppose helping you step into your potential and stuff and I think it's it always makes you feel good always um we like I actually brought one of the girls to she's just home from Dubai for a few months so I brought her to she's like what are you like on these days (laughs) like what are you doing like the last couple of months um because basically what happened was I actually went on retreat in February and honestly it was a like 48 hour retreat like no phones actually no it was longer than 48 hours it was three days no phones like you literally surrendered your phone on Friday and you didn't get it back till Sunday night and it was like I haven't come, I came home a different person yeah. and I know that sounds so dramatic but it's absolutely insane and ever since then I've just been on the most incredible incredible journey like I love it so much but we um my friend Kelly was like, I need to join you for one of these yoga sessions. And the two of us were there this morning, absolutely like wailing, bawling, crying on the beach. But like, it's just so good to, and I don't even know what emotion it was. Yeah. Like, it was just this release because like how often, and I always say this to people, like, how, like when was the last time you actually, I'm sure you're really good at doing it, but most people, when was the last time that you actually stopped doing and checked in with yourself to ask yourself like how do you actually feel how am I yeah and that that's so funny you said about crying because it's one thing that like we know in terms of the stress cycle it it really helps end it like letting out your emotion but I would be someone who I am so uncomfortable crying in front of people like even my (laughs) husband I'm like don't look at me I'm fine but I've really (laughs) been working on just letting myself if I feel like I want to cry just cry vulnerable yeah yeah yeah. and like that I was doing a workshop one of the days and we we started off and it was just like a lovely little circle and Judith um, my life coach would come around and she just kind of plays her hands on your shoulders and just help you get settled in and when I say I cried or like I, I I started crying and I couldn't stop and I was like I don't know I don't I don't know what this is like I felt fine coming in here but like that it's just it was obviously in there and I didn't realize and I just needed to actually stop for it to come out and I I came home and I was like whoa I feel so much lighter yeah it's incredible I think part of it is when you fully feel like you have a safe space and someone is actually holding space for you and like you're being like held if that makes sense you it's like all your barriers come down and you're just like whoa I did not know that I had all those tears in me and like as I said it's not even this morning like it wasn't sad it wasn't happy it was just release emotion yeah yeah it's just so amazing yeah I love yeah it. I say like this could be 
a few people listening just being like, what are they on? <laughs> I was like to Lorraine, I was like, what's in this cacao this morning? Like, what the hell are you dosing us with? <laughs> no, oh, I think because I know a lot of people listening would be very into, into the stuff that we're chatting about as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, if anyone wants to join, it's actually free. It's a women's sharing circle. It's on Port Marnock Beach at half nine every Wednesday. Lorraine Hogan hosts it. She's absolutely, oh my God, like I literally just feel like she should be on stage like she's just oh I can't describe it she's incredible but 100% come along come on your own you don't need to come with someone you're gonna get so much more if you actually come on your own and they're honestly like the nicest people you'll ever meet it's just yeah as I said it just anchors my week it's incredible so yeah Robin please join I actually would love to yeah Yeah. I'm like I must I'm gonna make my work work around a Wednesday morning (laughs) yeah 100% yeah there's loads of people there they're like um I actually rang into because we do like a circle where it's obviously a sharing circle yeah so it's like oh my name's Robin I actually rang into work sick today <laughs> so don't take any oh I love it I absolutely love it um wow. and come here I know um we're running out of time and we've been chatting for ages and I'm conscious of how long I'm keeping you but before we go if anyone is listening and struggling with hormones or fertility where can they find you or how can they work with your team yeah, so we are The Fit Clinic on Instagram and thefitclinic.ie is our website if you want to. So we actually, we work one-to-one with clients in a coaching setting. So I find that you get so much more from, as opposed to just doing a once-off consultation, we actually coach clients. So you check, we check in with our clients every week. We just find, I think this is the reason we get such like amazing results because it's just, a plan is only it only works if it's actually applied. So like giving people that support every week is just paramount to like their success. So we have a one-to-one coaching program. Um, but if you just want to like find out more information about how it works and that kind of thing, um, we actually have like free discovery calls. So you can book in for like a 15 minute chat and we'll just take you through the process. Brilliant. And I can vouch for them because I've been there. Um, Michelle, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing all of that information. And um, yes, I will hopefully talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, Robin. It was so great to chat. Bye. Guys, thank you so much for listening. And I wanted to point out that the very first episode of this podcast is actually a solo episode with me going through five stress management tools that are really effective. So if you're thinking after listening to that, God, I kind of need to get on top of my self-care. Maybe have a listen to that episode and those tools can help. And I will chat to you in next week's episode. Bye.